When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very, very special episode of the Greeting Your Life slash Realistic Sustainability Podcast. I am your host slash MC, Rob, a.k.a. Robbie Diesel with the Curated Culture, and I'm joined by the entire crew from the Realistic Sustainability Podcast. I got the hosts, Mike and Nick Nazarian, and... The favorite nerd wife of all times, Jameson, Jamie Nazarian with me. Guys, how are we doing this evening? I am very nervous, but good. I am still caffeinating for the 15th time today. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Caffeine is good. It'll make things interesting for sure. Mm -hmm. So we We are celebrating. We are all joined here together to celebrate the one year anniversary of the Realistic Sustainability Podcast. And that is quite a milestone, guys. How, how are we feeling about this? In one year, it, it, it flew by. Honestly, it went really quickly, maybe because we're constantly working to do that, to get those shows out and, and do the recordings and things. But it does feel like it flew right by because I, I think we just talked about we, tomorrow's the 102nd episode for Realistic Sustainability and this year, we're going to do 103 episodes this calendar year. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. And it did. It flew right by. Um, I'm not going to lie to anyone that does listen to our podcast. Mike does 90% of the work. I just show up and talk. It's kind of my gift. That's all I have in life. But I've learned a tremendous amount about things that sometimes, in a lot of cases, I never, ever considered. So it's been a cool, cool ride. And I can't wait to see where next year takes us. I can't either. It's been fun to be a part of a few episodes myself. You guys know I like to be the agent of chaos and toss things into a tizzy. <laughs> and one of my single favorite things to do is to try to get Mike worked up, which I may, I may try that tonight. Maybe we'll keep it civil. Um, it's a I celebration. Do... <laughs> it's a celebration. Why would we get angry? Uh, it'll be happy anger. I can give you some keywords. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I just want this like on the record to say that I support everything you do. So if you get them worked up, yes. <laughs> it looks like you're the odd man out, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why people like getting me worked up. It's just, it's just a weird thing. I don't like being worked up. Yeah, I think it's because when when you do get worked up, it's it's the passion comes across. If you can call it passion, it comes across even more clear. And sustainability is something that obviously you are very passionate about. So I probably don't have to ask the first question that I want to ask, but I am anyway. Where did the uh, Realistic Sustainability podcast or idea for the podcast initially come from? Well, the podcast idea came from what Nick was already doing. We had another website called Live Launch, as you know, where we were tracking when 
rockets were launching so kids and adults could enjoy it. It's a science nerd thing. And we all know I'm a little bit of a science nerd, just a tad. And during that time, we set up a podcast. And my original plan was to have Nick and yourself, because I had just really just met you, do the podcast. But he had already teamed up with a very good friend of ours, and, and, and they had started that podcast. So as I was completing the book, we started talking about maybe starting another podcast. And then I initially said, hey, Nick, you should do that with Rob which then everybody teamed up on me and said, no, 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 you have to be a part of it because I like to hide. So it's hard to hide when you're on the <laughs> podcast, but it came, it did come from what he was already doing because Nick has had several podcasts. Yeah. And you can't really hide when it's the whole premise of it is based off the book that you wrote. Uh, very true. <laughs> so very true. Um, <laughs> while I, I do appreciate it, I don't want any misunderstanding. I would love to do a podcast with Rob. I think it would be amazing. However, I don't think we're the people to just wing it on realistic sustainability. I don't think we know anything about it in regards to where to take it, different topics. I mean, plus, if we're both learning everything as we go, it doesn't have the same charm as you and I have, where you already kind of the expert in a lot of this stuff or the person that's better educated than I am. So it is kind of a A teaches B scenario where you you give me the topics and we start discussing things and I give you my ideas. And then when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But you're able to convey the information in a very well thought out, like acceptable and easily understandable manner versus me when something annoys me, I just go off on a 25 minute rant and um, you get to edit that out. Well, <laughs> remember, when it comes to sustainability, once you have the basics, it mm -hmm. works for everything. So hopefully within this first year, we've laid some kind of groundwork that talks about the thought process. How do you look at things when you go to buy something, when you look at your own life, when you look at your own sanity, whatever it happens to be, you do it in the most sustainable way. Once you start having those tools, you can start using them. And that's the important part. That's why I always feel like anybody can run and do this show, because once you have that basic information, it's just a thought experiment after that. Definitely. And speaking of groundwork and, and laying the foundation, um, Nick, is sustainability something that you had a, a tiny inkling of, of an idea about? Or was it something that was just kind of thrust on you as the, the show really started to take off? Where, where were you on, on the idea of sustainability before you guys started the podcast? I was somewhere in between completely ignorant and unknowingly practicing certain things just from the way that we were raised that I never really considered as being sustainable, like reusing, you know, anything like, like I call them Tupperware, but like when you get the butter from the, the grocery store in the plastic container, you end up being like something used for leftovers later on. Uh, lots of like risk, like, simple recycling things that we grew up doing just because our parents did it. So we did it. And then when you're single and broke, you just do it because you don't want to have to buy anything else. But I didn't really ever think any further. Like there are certain aspects of it that to me are kind of simple, stupid. Like you don't throw your garbage on the ground. You, you, you try to use something as much as you can, even if it doesn't look very pretty, if it's not broke, you don't replace it. But with the term sustainability, no, I never, ever really considered it. I, I had no idea when he read the or read. My apologies when he wrote the book. I read um, it. Yeah, you read it. I, <laughs> I read it. But when you wrote the book, it was kind of like my first uh, real, real world experience with it. Okay. And so there is obviously a, a major difference between the phrase sustainability and the actual practice of it. 
um, and this is for Nick again, what was, was there a struggle with embracing the practice of sustainability? Because being a host on a show about it, I would imagine there has to be a certain degree of that in your everyday life. Oh, there's several struggles. And oftentimes, mostly, most of the time failures, if I'm being honest, there's lots of things that I know we shouldn't do, but we do anyways. And sometimes it's out of convenience, pure laziness, it's lack of time, poor time management, not thinking things through when I go to the grocery store, buying things over again, because I'm not really sure where the first one was that I had already purchased. I didn't want to look for it because that's more time that I don't have. And so yeah, there's lots of struggles. There's lots of failure. And in the moments where there's success, there's happiness. And I'm, and I feel really proud of myself. And I do not to toot my own horn, but I, I get a sense of pride when I do things that I know are the right way to do it. But there's, you know, quite of a, there's a lot of shame and a lot of frustration in myself when I do things that I just know are total BS. And a lot of times I'll tell my kids, don't tell your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I tell the kids that too sometimes. <laughs> Well, it's okay. That's one of the reasons why we do this show <laughs> is that not every moment has to be the most intense thought process ever. The goal is to make these these little changes, these little differences. Stop and think just before you buy something. Every little difference is accumulative. And every once in a while, someone watches you make a decision. You know, it's just this this ongoing thing that we can grow from. We don't need to be ashamed of the things that we enjoy because we offset some of that with some of these changes. And I think that in this space, in sustainability, that is a, they miss that in almost everything. That's one of the, I love uh, starting sustainability. She talks about the things you can do and doesn't shame you for the ones you don't, but that's rare. A lot of those sites where you're composting toilets, you're out in the woods living in a tent, like, no, we, we all still want to live our lives. What can we do to do it better? I, and that's I do important. agree. I don't think sustainability should look like a trailer for Naked and Afraid, so I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a whole lot cooler if it did, though. Maybe. Maybe for some of us that look good naked, maybe not for the rest. Naked and sustainable. There we go. That's the, that's the next podcast. You have to live off the grid naked forever. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be the next podcast or YouTube series. Oh, I'm calling dear. it right now. We're big guys. Uh, it's just going to be two blurs. Right? Well, hey. <laughs> it works. It'll fit. Jamie, yes. question time for you. Okay. Uh, so Mike is, is obviously extremely passionate about this, and, and I would imagine so, to a certain extent you have to be as well. How has or has this practice of sustainability changed the way you guys interact in your everyday lives at home? Like, are there fights over who's going <laughs> to throw what in the recycling, or, or um, is there like... <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> um, um to name a few, we got in an argument a couple times about the amount of jars and butter containers in our very large, we have a very large cupboard that is, I mean, I would go to put something in there and they just fall everywhere. And I'm like, I get it, but you got to get rid of something or use them. Just take them somewhere. I don't care. You know, but there was, <laughs> there was a point where he went, okay. And I don't know what he did with them, but probably something sustainable, but I did get my way with that, you know. <laughs> and then another thing off the top of my head when we were planning our wedding, there was a lot of things that we spent more money on to be sustainable. So, you know, we 
made sure we had actual china and reusable tablecloths and then we you know donated them to our chef nick <laughs> thank you um, so they would be reused and just stuff like that decor stuff that you know some of the decor was stuff that i'm like well i'm only going to make this if i could use it again in the house or you know that sort of thing so th there were times where it was frustrating but you know <laughs> all in all we you know, pretty much see eye to eye on a lot of it. So, except when I mean, there are some things like she brought okay. very nice plates when she moved in, very nice silverware. I have a bag of silverware that has been mixed and matched from garage sale <laughs> to the garage sale. And I got to tell you, it's all like of it's those this big. it's a gallon bag full of this. <laughs> but Who knows every, silverware? <laughs> every piece in there works. Every one of them, every single thing in there works as a fork, a spoon, or a knife. And so did my plates. So we don't buy paper plates. We don't buy plastic silverware. When everybody comes to the house and we have a picnic, we break out my plates. We break out my excellent silverware. It doesn't match. <laughs> I will say it's a little, was it hodgepodge or modgepodge, whichever word I get wrong every time. Mm -hmm. But but you know what? We don't have to buy that stuff. There was no reason to get rid of it. Right. We'll we call just it eclectic. It. It's, yeah. We just hide it until we don't <laughs> yeah. need to hide it. Yes. <laughs> so back back to Jamie for a second. Uh, has there been any compromise that you are just absolutely not willing to make? Like, this is a thing. This is my thing. I'm not changing it under any circumstances. Um. It depends on my day. <laughs> um, I mean, just like any you know, female, I am like, okay, yay. Some days and other days I'm like, no, I'm just, no, I can't today. We're not doing it. Um, <laughs> there isn't anything particular, Mike, maybe you could jump in there that I've purposely been like, absolutely not. Actually, it? no, not really. Honestly, she's been a, <laughs> she's been a trooper. Uh, she and has you've come up with some stuff too. Like we have... Yeah. We have two liters full of plastic in our basement right now. We're breaking plastic. He's breaking plastic and it'll get used some point. It's somewhere. I don't know, but you know, it's, I don't go to the basement. So whatever. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind. Well, the, of, the basement, yeah. the basement yeah. has had some moments. We had over 200 plants growing down there at one point that later became <laughs> yeah. a city project. The uh, plastic, I haven't necessarily figured out where to take them yet because Go Brick doesn't have any kind of place here locally. I don't want to necessarily ship them. So you can put almost two months of plastic of a family of five in one two liter. So at very minimum, even if I did finally ship it off to the landfill, the chances of that plastic making it to our ocean or, or busting out of there is much smaller. Yeah. As of now, I'm hanging on to it because there might become a use. Because right. I'll tell you, if you get a big planter and you're going to fill that thing, you're going to fill it with concrete chunks and all kinds of things. There's no reason why I can't just jam a couple of two liters full of two months of plastic down there <laughs> to take up some space. So it may get used. She is a trooper, though. She does put up with some <laughs> unique I, things. I was just kindly reminded by a friend of mine. Mike likes to go to an auction and <laughs> buy things that he deems necessary for different purposes. And I've always been like, whatever you need, get it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. He is not allowed to buy auction chicken or anything with an expiration. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's frozen. <clears throat> and oh, it's boy. Pre- uh, we should clarify this so people don't think I'm that crazy. It's pre-cooked. He's crazy. It's pre-cooked chicken. <laughs> and it's frozen. Mm-hmm. There was no... She's had, she's eaten it before. I'm just well, telling you she has. <laughs> under the influence of adult beverages when I did and didn't know I did. I was fooled. It was deception. <laughs> just when I thought I've heard almost everything in my life, I this is the first time I've ever heard of auction chicken. That. Aug- auction chicken. <laughs> From a place that normally show. stores car parts and, and random odds and ends, auction chicken. <laughs> Good it's, lord. I like getting things from an auction because it doesn't spur another pr- production item. So if I buy okay. something from the auction to fill a need, first of all, it is usually cheaper. Not always, but usually. But it's not coming from a store. If you take something off the shelf at the store, it produces something else. It right. triggers an inventory. It goes back to a manufacturer. They need another one. So to if be- I can buy more things at an auction, it doesn't trigger. To be fair, that pallet took several things off the shelf at a store. But it was already <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of times it's stuff that like the stores pull because the box is wrinkled or damaged mm-hmm. and the, yeah. the product inside isn't broke or anyway. I mean, we've we've bought pallets and pallets of flooring that we've turned around and we gave my brother gosh how many like three pallets worth because he's you know fixing up some houses in flint and stuff because he's always helping us out so we're like here have some flooring you know right. so that way that flooring didn't get thrown in a landfill so i think well yes it was on a shelf and did get pulled from a shelf it's not just going straight to the landfill it's being used at least well no you're right and that's his that's one area where auctions do a really good service because generally with any type of retail establishment when things come in damaged or you know where they're they're not as a uh, cosmetically appealing as they're supposed to be they just you know mark them off on their inventory and get rid of them and unfortunately a lot of this stuff goes to landfills it gets thrown away mm-hmm. some of it's sold at auction a lot of it gets sold to these these uh what they call a uh, b stock websites where they do these massive auctions from like walmart and target and the stores that tend to buy that kind of stuff are resale shops like you know, Goodwill, Salvation Armies, shop and buy stuff there where they, they can't sustain their stores on uh, donations. Okay. Well, and I know this... when I worked in the wireless industry, when something was obsolete, and it wasn't obsolete, it was a, right. the packaging looked different now. They had mm-hmm. me open it and mm-hmm. cut it in half and throw it in the dumpster. So anything that we could buy, in a, in a sense, secondhand, but still new, it does not trigger that manufacturing process. I've been doing it with car batteries for years. They call them blemished. If they come in with a broken handle, you get them half off. Hmm. They still I charge. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't know, I did not know that. Hey, me either. I never with, knew uh, that. They do that with hair products, too. I've worked in the hair industry for 17 years, and big box name chain brand hair salon will say, oh, you know, this brand now has a new packaging, so just get rid of it. Well, we try to do the price it down, price it down thing. And eventually there's, you know, five, six, seven bottles of, you know, something. And I just would give it away. You know, it was, what are you going to do? It's going to go in the garbage or it's going to be handed. Oh, now I would have been in trouble if I would have been caught. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to ask this too, just to, to bounce back to the, the subject of the podcast for a second. And Mike or Nick, whoever or both can answer this question. Um, when you guys were kind of brainstorming the initial idea or the beginnings of the podcast, 
were they different was there different visions of, of what you wanted to show to be or how you wanted it to sound or did you pretty much find the the structure and the identity of the podcast early on can i take this one I'm just going to point at my brother and say that he kind of is an over planner. He builds framework for things he may never do because he's bored and has 30 seconds in his day. And so he designed pretty much everything about the way we do this. He came up with most of the episodes. He'd ask us, you know, for ideas, topics and stuff. And there's a few that we did suggest. But for the most part, because this was his field of expertise, he did most of it. And I really don't offer much to the show because there's not a lot of it that I really know much about. And I have found when I know the topics beforehand and I try to research them, it's kind of pointless because either he already has everything I'm going to talk about in his notes or he takes a show in a totally different direction, which works out better. It's more organic, I feel like. I think there are some episodes that do shine over the rest, but I think that all in all, uh, the, the the system he kind of put together works really well. Well, and I think the system kind of fell together. It's it's like that the marble at the top with all the pegs and it falls into a spot because originally it was going to be he was going to research, I was going to research, and we were going to just have the conversation. But over time, feedback I was getting was that it was they were thankful if he didn't research. People were thankful because he was asking the questions that other people wanted to ask. And it just kind of worked out better. I'm not sure we necessarily had a solid idea. I knew we wanted to do a podcast. I honestly thought we'd be talking to ourselves and recording it, putting it online, and that would be the end of it. Nowadays, we get comments. Today, we got gifts. It was a freaking fantastic gift you know it's it's amazing how well things are going and we're honored just the fact that people listen and enjoy it so i'm not sure we knew exactly the route yes i do over plan here and there um, <laughs> here and there and everywhere it's a it's flexible we you know based on need mm-hmm. but i'm i'm loving the fact that nick kind of pushed me into doing it uh, I'm getting over some of the shyness of the whole thing and I'm really starting to enjoy it. Right on. And and I, I do have to kind of piggyback off of, of Nick's initial thought. I think personally, that's why this show works so well is because things can kind of get a little mundane when you have two experts that are just hammering you with facts and facts and facts. And the thing that I love most about you specifically, Nick, is the fact that a couple things. I love the fact that if you if you don't know about something, you're not afraid to say, I don't know about this. You ask those questions. And secondly, I love the fact that you unabashedly will play devil's advocate. Like if it doesn't make sense to you, you're going to go, no, I don't agree with that. And here's why. <laughs> a, B, C, D, E, F, T. I love that. I, I, I like that dynamic because it, it makes the show. A, more enjoyable, and then B, it, it, it brings that, that human, realistic side to it. You know, it makes it makes the show more heartfelt. It's a more character. I'm not sure anybody wants to listen to two people agree all day. <laughs> I mean, That's we generally do. We generally do. And, you know, the conversation people hear between him and I about sustainability is pretty much the same conversation you could hear us sitting at a restaurant talking about any other topic. I am not a showman in any way, shape, or form. Now, Nick is like a TikTok guy. He's <laughs> right on the edge of no. being a star. No, he's I, not. 
<laughs> but I those I watch them. Those TikToks are hilarious. They I are. get bored. <laughs> they are. And and by the way, they're Nicktoks. Yeah, there mm. we go. Mm. <laughs> Actually, can we can we say that? Are we going to get sued for yeah. saying that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had that on the site less than 24 hours before I got a notice. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Really? You got in trouble for that? Oh, well, oh, yeah. I got a notice. I don't... We'll yeah. see what... I didn't from, take it down yet. From who? It wouldn't. From Facebook. Oh, that's not nice. Well, you know... Is, it, is that the thing they sent us where it said... Uh, that if we don't watch our copyright infringement, they can wipe your page out. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, oh, that was nice. <laughs> I, lo- I love threats from a bot. It's fun. Well, and they didn't tell us what we actually did wrong, which makes it a little more challenging. But it's like high school all over again. <laughs> high school on the internet. <laughs> so I got, I got another question, and I struggle with how to phrase this, but I think I finally nailed it. And I'm going to pose this question to both Jamie and Nick. Originally, this was just a Nick question. But I'm going to ask both of you guys. So like onions and ogres, sustainability has layers. How do you guys, as I guess sustainability newbies, keep up with how multifaceted the principle of sustainability and sustainable living is? How do we keep up with it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very broad, very vast subject. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Nick. We don't keep up with it. That's and that's the honesty. That that goes back to the failures I'm talking about. There are if you listen to the show, there are undoubtedly certain areas of sustainability that we've discussed where I feel way more strongly than others. Mainly things that are kind of centered around food and agriculture, and then some things around like wildlife and, and the oceans and stuff like that. But in terms of the things that apply to our day to day life, often I'm just trying to get by. And so I make the small changes when I can. I, I read the articles that catch my attention and I don't have near enough time in the day to read everything that is posted and all the new breakthroughs in science and stuff like that. So I don't keep up with it. I try. I fail miserably. Fat people don't run and I am barely keeping a jog. So <laughs> your turn. Um, well, I mean, to be honest, Mike is who he is in the podcast is who he is at home is who he is in public. Like he is who he always is. And so when he is going on his podcast rants, you best believe that I have heard this four or five times in that day alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, I keep up by, you know, riding his sustainability coattails and it kind of, I mean, it kind of gets drilled into you. It's, preaching sustainability, sustainability osmosis yeah. right right it just <laughs> so when you go to do something you're like i'm gonna throw this oh i'm gonna go put this in the two liter you know <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you, your little sustainability angel on your shoulder <laughs> well you know it's bad because i've been trying to not say as much I'm trying to do more than I say, you know, yes. if I'm trying to, if I do it, people see it and then they do it. I don't have to annoy the heck out of everyone, but <laughs> there are always those happy moments when I'm in public and I'm using my hemp net with all my vegetables in there. And someone says, where did you get that net and why are you using it? <laughs> yep. It's time to have that conversation. Uh, yeah. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it happens at Horrocks. It happens a lot. I've had conversations <laughs> She's left. We've been in a, a, the lighting aisle, and someone's asking, you know, "Excuse me, do you know all about light bulbs?" Oh, I do. How can I help you? And, I just look over yeah. the person's shoulder and going, 
If they're going to get any energy efficient light bulbs at the end of this day. But at home, I try not to because Nick and I were just joking. Like Jamie does listen to the show, but it's got to be hard because we're always talking. I'm always talking about it. I'm always chatting on the phone with someone about something. Then I talk to Nick about the exact same thing. She's heard it twice. And then I go, I haven't told Jameson yet, but she's heard it. So first of all, everybody, thank you. For dealing with me but it's an itch in my brain that i try to keep quieter than i do awesome. uh, well, awesome. it's it's hilarious when we first started this i was working at this uh this mundane kitchen job and him and i would talk all morning long so i'd call him at like 7 38 o'clock in the morning we would talk to like two in the afternoon unless he had a meeting and so there were several times where he would say the same thing over and over and over. I hear the same story five times in a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes twice if I got it on Saturday. <laughs> That's fantastic. Everybody, it's time for celebration. We got our first question from Facebook. Hey, <laughs> Aaron, shout out to Aaron. Thank you so very much for catching the show tonight. Uh, Aaron wants to know, for someone who doesn't know much about sustainability and being more green, what are some small things they can do to start incorporating it into their daily life besides the obvious no paper towels? Well, it's not necessarily no paper towels. The little thing that you can do is be mindful. It is reuse everything as often as you can. I always talk about grandpa. Grandpa never threw anything away. The, the man would use a hammer till it broke, get a new handle, use a hammer till it broke, get a new handle. I have the hammer. Mm-hmm. So that it, it is making sure that we have our cups. I, I'm guessing everybody went refillable because they know I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Wow. Yes. Yeah, okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Little failures. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the, oh, no. If, it is amazing the difference you make with a small action. So when we talk about being green, everybody thinks that, okay, I need to start a laundry list. No, don't take a set of silverware. And this may not be as relevant because a lot of us are working from home now, but take one set of silverware to work because the energy that would have gone into that silverware, you would have gotten at work that threw that you threw away after 15 minutes of use is enough to light up Baltimore for 30 seconds. Like it's, it is an insane amount of energy. So you, if you can just take your fork, your spoon, and your knife and wash it occasionally, you're already making a massive difference. Yeah. And every little piece of that is accumulative. Well, and you kind of touched on it a little bit. And I, I think um, it is good to say when, just, just like diets, when people are like, I'm going to go on a diet, you know, or I'm going to be sustainable. You go to the store and you buy all your diet food. You go to the store, you buy three of these, you buy, you know, your nifty little gadgets, you buy your straws, you, you know, you don't have to go and purchase a lot of things. A lot of, I think a lot of the time and how I always thought was, well, it's just too expensive. It's too expensive to be sustainable. And as much as it, you know, pains me to say this, because sometimes I'm like, no, I want the new pretty things. Mike's going, well, we still, we already have that. You know, when I brought in my silverware and my stuff into the house, I'm like, listen, your goodwill stuff's gone, you know, but Mike would not let me get rid of it. And that's kind of the key point. Like you don't have to go out and buy the sustainably made products just to, or the, you know, as they say, the green, green screened products 
to show you're sustainable, you just go, you just use again. You know, you just do it. It doesn't cost you anything to put it into action. Yeah, the most sustainable thing that you can buy is nothing. Right. So if you're going out, I'm going to buy this bamboo set. If you already have silverware, the most sustainable thing you can do is use your silverware. Yep. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest problems with, with like this type of mentality and trying to explain to others is there's a stigma that comes with it. And a lot of times that stigma seems insurmountable because it is something that is, it's a lot bigger than your day-to-day life because you've never ever considered a lot of these topics or concepts. So really what you need to do though, is just look at the small things and the, the ones that have the least amount of impact first. The ones that don't bother you at all to do. And it's kind of like a difference of diet and a lifestyle. So instead of like hitting it hard and doing a crash diet, like sustainability, just look at the little things that aren't going to ruffle any feathers that you can do. The easy things, the, the things like not buying something you don't need and slowly add them together. All right. So we had a, another question from Facebook from Amanda Panda. Hi, Amanda Panda. How <laughs> are you? Uh, <laughs> Amanda wants to know what was everyone's hardest thing to switch to switch from to something sustainable i i want to i want to start with this one in particular uh because it we we literally just talked about it instead of buying like the little disposable plastic you know lunch bins or sauce trays or things like that I, i found ways when i started packing my lunch so that i wasn't eating fast food because that impacts it too I found ways to bring different sauces and stuff like that using items at home. I invested in a bunch of these reusable cups so that I'm not throwing things away constantly or doing the crushing of the plastic bottles. I was shamed, not really shamed, but (laughs) this was one of these things that got Mike really worked up on an episode because I said something to the effect of the good water and i could see mike in his chair <laughs> just ah, angry so i i try to i try to bring, <laughs> right <laughs> i try to bring um a, a reusable cup with me wherever i go because it is it's keeping those plastic water bottles out of landfills it's it's hard when it comes to coffee because you know i haven't coffee figured that life. part out yet yeah but when, when it comes to water, when it comes to bringing my lunch, and yes, I am now bringing the silverware from home instead of buying the disposable one-time use silverware. It, it was it was really hard for me to remember to do those things, but now it's almost second nature. You got to tell who's next. Yeah, whoever whoever wants to take that one. That was my hardest thing to switch on. <laughs> I would say my hardest thing was refusing single-use items in food service establishments. This sounds like kind of stupid, but like it is second nature just to open the straw and stick it in my cup when when they bring it to the table. And I say it like that because not using it is not enough. It still gets thrown away. You actually have to like verbally refuse it so she doesn't put it on the table. And if you don't, or he, you know, whoever the server is. So I struggle with it because. We eat out quite a bit, whether I'm, I'm at a business meeting and we go out for lunch or the whole family goes out for dinner. That happens a lot. And they don't mm-hmm. they don't serve you beverages with steel straws. You know what I mean? You, you might get real silverware, but you're not going to get a steel straw or an aluminum straw. So so it's really hard for me to refuse that kind of stuff. Not that I don't want to. I obviously want to. I just sometimes my brain's like real quick. And other times my brain is just buffering. <laughs> Mike, the hardest one to remember was the silly shopping bags. 
that hang by the back door pre-COVID. Uh. I had to start storing them in the truck and actually several times at the grocery store had to walk up to the greeter like, can you watch these? I have to go get my bags because I wasn't bright enough to bring them in to begin with. And it it took creating that habit just for COVID to make me stop that habit. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to pick it up quicker. But first was the bags. Then it was what Nick was saying. When I order a drink, I have to now say unsweetened iced tea without a straw, please. Because if they, if it makes it to the table, I know its result. I might as well use it. And getting my verbiage down so that the, and I'll tell you, that only is going to stop your server 60% of the time because they're on autopilot too. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll still get it already in there with the paper on top. But getting my verbiage changed so that I can order things correctly to reduce those just re- not horribly long ago, we were at a restaurant and someone walked by. We asked for a few more napkins and they brought us a full inch stack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just stared and everybody at the table starts laughing immediately because that poor lady doesn't know what she just did. And we ended up having to t- we took them home because they, they're going to throw them away if I leave them here. But we needed two napkins. You brought me 40. She thought she was giving you excellent service. Money. And, well. I get it. And I understand. I guess wrong guy. <laughs> and the thing that I have failed at so far, and I think every time we talk about sustainability, you have to throw in a fail, mm-hmm. is me trying to cut meat down to four oh, to six yeah. ounces in my diet and to try to try to eliminate as much as I can of processed foods. It isn't going well. And it isn't because I can't. It's because I just don't. And next thing you know, I make dinner. I look down. That's more than I'm supposed to have. I, sh- I should be loading up on the vegetables more than I already am. And I'm not. And here I am a year later telling you I'm still having this struggle. I'm still trying to break this habit. So anybody out there that is struggling with any of these habits, it's okay. The fact that you're struggling means you're trying. Jamie, what, what about you? Um, I kind of have a twofold. One of which isn't necessarily something that I switched from and to. When I first started staying here and moved in and all that, Mike has a ton of plants and <laughs> I would, I would never, like, I would never know. Yeah. <laughs> to the jungle. I picked his favorite to put behind me, but there are, I mean, I'm counting. There's at least 10 in this little tiny living room. We have another huge living room. Anyways, he has tons of plants and it, um, also the plants in the basement. Obviously that was a lot too. Vegetables, vegetable plants in the basement. (laughs) Yes, vegetables. Yes, yes. So we're not. (laughs) Yeah, because that does sound bad, doesn't it? I had to tell (laughs) the neighbors ahead of time. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Um, But yeah, so what I had to get used to wasn't necessarily like a switching thing. It was more fruit flies come with plants sometimes. And we, oh man, at one point I'm like, I'm going to toss all of these outside. (laughs) Like, I, because I don't do flies and I like that makes me feel dirty I know it's not they're just they're living in the dirt and making little fly messes to help the plant grow and I know the process but at the same rate I'm like if I see one more fruit fly I'm going to lose my mind so we have found solutions to that and it took us a while we tried just about every home remedy but we've adapted to that but that was really hard for me like I, at one point when I was living by myself, decided I was going to start an herb garden in the house and they made it 
I want to say three weeks and I threw all of them outside because there were so many fruit flies. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to get used to it. <laughs> my other thing that is the hardest for, thing for me to switch is just my brain in general. Not to say that I don't come from a sustainable family because we also did, you know, the butter dishes and the we used reused a lot of things. But I also come from a family that when you're done with it, you're done with it. It doesn't need to be in your space anymore. So, you know, and I also have moved a million times in my life. So I'm always minimalist with a lot, with a lot of things. There's some things I obsess over and have too much of, but I am, you know, minimalist with many things. So once I decide I'm done with it, it's really hard for me to not just go throw it out, throw it out, throw it out, throw it out. Or if I feel like the house is getting too dirty, I'm like, everything's garbage, you know, gotta go. That is a huge transition I had to make mentally, well, mentally on both of them, you know, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not what I've learned is it's, it's something that is not easy to adapt or to adopt into your life. But once you actually start making those small changes, like Nick's shirt says, little bit, little bit, it, it eventually becomes part of the routine. It, it's something that, that you can do. You, it's, it's simply done by starting. I have to I have to ask another podcast related question though because everybody here has different personalities. Like Mike is is the more studious, more serious. Uh, Nick's more fun loving, and 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 Jamie, I I haven't been able to to put a finger on your personality just yet. But the more we do these shows, I'm pretty sure I will. My question is. Has the different personalities ever caused a conflict in in the recording session at all? No. Have you guys butted heads like, ah? No, I I can count on one hand every time my brother and I have ever had a disagreement so bad I would classify it as butting heads. And I think only one of them lasted more than three minutes. And most of them have been (laughs) way before the podcast. (laughs) I'm serious. We, We just get along really well. Mike's my best friend. So it's... It's it's almost an unfair question because our personalities, I think, to some degree, complement each other really well, but in other ways are polar opposites. Because you're right, he is very, very studious. He does his prepare a lot. He does his homework. And part of that is Mike's, uh, his, you know, method, just the way he is, where he likes to be prepared. He likes to know exactly what he's talking about. But also, like me, he does kind of have a fear of sounding stupid. He doesn't want to. He wants, you know, to get his point across as concisely as possible. And I, I don't have any problem with that. I am much more of a cowboy fire from the hip, just run my mouth and hope to God it makes sense at the end. <laughs> and it, it, it seems to work out. Usually what ends up happening is one of us will pick the other one up energy wise. Like if we're having a bad day or if I'm real tired, it, it tends to balance each other out pretty well, I think okay. anyways. So no, there's no drama here. I'm sorry. Well, there's no fighting. I will say that there was points where we had to go through extra editing because I had to tell Nick later, will you stop playing with papers? (laughs) Will you stop drawing? He's over here. I'm talking. He's going, hey, man, I got to edit that out. I'm a fidgeter. You, you have a tendency to talk about like aspects of these things that I have literally no idea, and I'm so ignorant on. I can't even formulate a response or rebuttal, so my hands just do their own things. <laughs> or I have sheets. 
I have sheets of pictures. Just it's bad. <laughs> or and you guys will see these because as I go through, we've videoed a lot of our shows. Most of them. I I could be halfway through what I believe to be a very important deep rant, and we can see each other. And and Nick is 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 going. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's fair. You don't look at the camera and the screen when you're talking, and I do. So I do make a lot of faces, and I make fun of you a lot. Oh, it's coming. Once I get through all this stuff, there'll be videos where I'm just, you know, obviously saying the most important thing of the day. And Nick's over there going. I have made it in my career looking like a fool. You're not scaring me at all. (laughs) Bring it. I'm super looking forward to the uh, the the realistic sustainability blooper reel. I'm ready for it. Oh yeah, there's more in there than you probably. Well, there's a mix between him screwing with me and me not being able to close a show for probably three quarters of the first year. <laughs> like Nick would just start laughing at me. I, I would go through. We'd get to a certain spot. We both know this is where the close is, and I would go. <laughs> and he just started laughing i could never get us from one side to the other now it's getting a little easier but there there's so many episodes where in the raw recording it's like that's all we got and then there's like a 30 second pause of me laughing and him just looking around <laughs> trying to find something to say <laughs> i'm not sure watch him try to land the plane oh, <sighs> and he goes nose down have you ever seen space cowboys where they're like they, they they do the plane into a break and they're like you're gonna do what? That is his. Me- it's it's hilarious. Like just watch him. Finally, one day I'm like, why don't you just record one and just we'll just cut it in every time. Throw it and in. He tried. He tried. It didn't it. work either. It didn't work our, either. Our energy levels are so inconsistent when we record that we could be up and just banging and be in a great mood, and then it's like, well, I'm Mike and I'm Nick. Thanks for listening. And if you're bored, try to blah 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 blah. And it's it didn't work at all. That's awesome. Yeah, by so the way, we're sorry, guys, for being inconsistent with our energy, but it's us. <laughs> <laughs> that Again, that's what makes this show great, though. Like, you you guys, you do. You balance each other out well. And it's great to hear that there's no dirt. Now, since there's no dirt and since you guys usually gel well together, do you go through any kind of pre-show rituals? Like, are there things that must be done before you start recording? Or do you just kind of hop into it? uh somewhere in between there's no we don't have any like traditional thing it, we'll get online if we've talked a lot that week then we tend to record a little sooner and if not we kind of shoot the breeze for a minute see how each other's doing if they're really late or if they're really early we might make fun of how tired we are there's also so, the ceremonial moment of silence yeah mm, yes uh. <laughs> that, but there's a reason for that it's not we're not paying tribute to anybody this it's is weird. <laughs> It's a baseline for my. I have to edit these things. <laughs> it makes me heavy. nervous. Like I just go. <gasps> we are like heavy. <laughs> Michael, go. All right, I'm recording in three, two, one, and I just mute my microphone because I know I'm going to make noise. Like I know it's going to happen. <laughs> that would make a lot more sense. I no. lose oxygen. <laughs> the whole idea is so that I get a baseline of background sound. So when I edit, I can take that out. That's the whole reason. It's that we're not paying tribute to a lost team member or anything. It's just to help. Because trust me, I don't know if people know this, but a 40-minute show is 
six hours to get it to be a show to record oh. it and that's not counting yeah. you know my research i gotta go through do the research we do the mm-hmm. show we do an hour-long show it becomes a 40-minute show because i gotta take every breath we've ever taken out of the show which in case you've been listening i've been a little lazier sorry about that but we're big guys man you can hear us sucking wind when we're talking too fast i gotta get it out of there yeah it's and those bad. little things help are there are there anything that um, or is there anything that you you typically try to make sure that you convey in each show? Like, is there has there been a, a recurring thing outside of the, the idea of sustainability? Like, is there a recurring theme in well, the episodes? Couple. Well, real quick, I do have a tradition when I because I struggle with the shorts because I'm not talking to someone. I've tried taping up a picture of Nick. It doesn't help. So (laughs) I tend to try to put myself in the right spot and everybody has their own idols. Mine is Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, he's one of those people, uh, Carl Sagan, people I can listen to and it puts me in the right place to be able to do what I'm supposed to be doing. So first of all, when it comes to a tradition before this show, it was Carl Sagan, Neil deGrasse Tyson. It is just to get me where I need to be. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I just, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I think the only thing that I try to honestly bring to the show when I can is a sense of like relativity. I, I want to relate it to people where they can understand it because I'm not a college graduate because I don't have a master's. I, I try to relate it, and, and that's why I have a lot of I have really a lot of a lot of analogies, and I try to take these concepts and re a formula formulate them in a way that I understand them because a lot of them would just go right over my head. It took me like three weeks to really understand greenwashing <laughs> and then B, you know, reiterate them into something that, that I can talk to Michael about and not sound like a lunatic, but also have the conversation. Cause I, I want to be able to talk about stuff and feel comfortable and not feel ashamed to ask questions and not feel embarrassed to say, Hey, I don't know anything about this. I looked it up and I feel dumber than I did before. So can you please help me understand this? So I try just to relate it to people in, in a way that hopefully other people can understand. And I think, I don't think I have to say, hopefully I don't have to say the things that I'm trying to get across because I pound it like a nail, hopefully. And that is it's okay. Whatever you're trying to do, it's enough. That little bit, little bit, big bit is extremely important because everywhere you look, everybody is picking what you're supposed to do, telling you what you're supposed to do. All we want to do is give you this different view of the world. You'll pick it. You'll deal. You'll do it because it makes sense each and every time. So as long as you have that perspective, it's okay. So we want to make sure that that message, little bit, little bit, big bit, is is spread everywhere because you can use it anywhere in your life. Fantastic! I want to go around the around the virtual room and ask everybody what what's been your favorite moment or favorite memory from the past year of the Realistic Sustainability Podcast. You got to call someone, man. Whoever, whoever, I want to go around the room. Jamie, we'll start with you. My favorite. Oh, I don't like being first. I know. That's why I kind of figured as much. That's why I called you first. (laughs) So I don't know if many people know this, but I don't necessarily sit and listen to the podcast. Like I'm not up to date on the podcast. Reason being, as I stated earlier, sometimes I hear it all week long before he 
records it. So sometimes I have to take my breaks, you know, but I do enjoy very much so as I do listen to them coming in the house because usually I'm out in the garage doing my stuff out there and coming in the house and giving Mike crap for things he said. (laughs) (laughs) That's my shining moment. (laughs) I just filed a complaint the other day and said he needed to fix it because he missed the perfect pun opportunity in one of his podcasts. One of the episodes. He said he would not retract his comment. <laughs> when you it's miss it, you miss out it. There. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nick, how about you? Okay, so I wish you would have prepped me on this question a couple days ago because my answer changed. My favorite moment was today, not because of this show, but because of the gift Michael and I got in the mail. One of our listeners uh, took some, I think he said it was, was a vanilla grass, and, and they made a little, almost like a wreath. They braided it for us and... and, and made it into a circle and then and then wrote this this small but very heartfelt and very honest note with it and i just thought that was an incredibly touching it's it's really easy to to want to send people things and it's easy to buy something and send it to you but to, to take something out of your garden which automatically is right up our alley mainly michaels because i generally kill things um <laughs> and then send it to us with their interpretation or their representation or, or or their explanation as to what it means and what it could mean to us if if we see it like that or maybe maybe we see it differently on top of the fact that it smells awesome it was just it. it was very touching for me and it, it kind of made everything <laughs> worth it not that it, it was ever a question that it wasn't worth it but it cemented that at that moment today when i stopped at his house to get this shirt which is awesome and i got that from him i just i was so excited like i almost cried that's awesome mike Several, and I can't pick one, so you get several. First thing is, is I absolutely feared doing the show because I struggle with criticism. Not because I can't handle someone getting on me or saying something bad. Is that we try so hard to do it correctly that we don't want to shortchange anybody. And when someone is upset, I t- you know we tend to take it personal. But the amount of comments. And when I get to read the reviews, honestly, kind of recharges me. I love, I wake up one day and there's a comment. There's a message to us. It's that interaction that Mm -hmm. quickly makes it real and absolutely well worth it. Now, one of the things that I love about what we do is who I do it with. I love the fact that Nick and I have found a way to see each other all the time, talk to each other all the time and be able to do something together all the time because it wasn't always like that. Now him and I have something we're doing together. And that's really important to me, you know, right up there with sustainability. The last thing is seeing you're logging in after work, you're tired and up comes the screen and there is Nick completely covered in makeup and pigtails. Um, with no warning. There was no warning. And, and only in the, in the Nick way that when the screen comes up, he's going. <laughs> oh, that was a fun day. It's that. That wasn't a great day that I had, but it ended pretty damn good. That was hilarious. It's those things that really make all of this well worth it. You should have seen the Walmart trip. 
no. Oh yes. Well, and I like to, you know, it's it is. I like coming home and Mike's when he's hyped. He's he's hyped about. Oh my gosh, you know, I got three more listeners, or you know, what? Because <laughs> of this guy, it gets me all fired oh. up. <laughs> yeah, he gets. You know, he's he's hyped about. Well, I got three more listeners, or oh my gosh, when you when he hit. I don't know, was it like a hundred or something or fifty? He about lost his mind. Like, I'm like you know, fifty people, babe. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but as I've as I've said before, you know, it's because we know him. We don't necessarily listen all the time to the show because we talk to him. So those fifty listeners are a big deal because it's not his friends and family. It's not Nick's friends and family. You know, it might maybe the moms or you know. Once in a while, me or, you know, stuff like that. But I just like to see the hype in both of them and the excitement. And they call each other like, guess what? What? You know, like <laughs> like sometimes giddy little teenage girls. And I think it's adorable. <laughs> oh, she called us <laughs> little. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, okay. But, so you know, it's, it's great to see. It's great to see the passion and excitement. I don't think either of us ever thought anyone would hear our voice. Okay. We came up with this idea. I think he had more faith in it than I did. It was going to be fun and we were going to enjoy it. I... Oh no, we lost him. I think so. Yeah, we were doing so good. It was it was amazing. I think we we're should dead. take a second to yeah. yeah, yeah, I was going to say while you were frozen, we should take a second to reflect on the passion in his frozen frame. It was awesome. You could, <laughs> you could see he was just really getting into it. Oh, I didn't get to see it. It blacked me out. <laughs> oh, no, it was, it's, it was pretty sad. And I didn't get a picture this time. It came back too fast. <laughs> there it goes again. There it is. Oh, somebody <laughs> screen grab it. Quick. Let me see if I can get it really quick. Got it. I'll make sure to send that out. I got a good screen grab. <laughs> so I guess it, it is about that time we start winding down before the, the internet overlords kick us off. One final question to everybody. And once again, Jamie, I'll have you, you start off. This is probably more of a, a Mike and Nick question, but inclusion is everything. Where where do you see greening your life in realistic sustainability in the next year? Um, honestly, I never know. It's always ever-changing with both you know, Nick and Mike. They're always coming up with ideas and they always are surprising, you know, me with what the next step is. Did I think a year and a half, two years ago that we were going to be planting vegetables all over our town? No, you know, that it's, and he's like, this is what I'm going to do. We don't have a big enough yard. We're going to plant vegetables (laughs) in the city. And I'm like, okay, good luck with that. You're going to get a ticket or something, you know, but it's awesome. It's very cool that, you know, they, he just, came up with it and then he planned it out and he did it and succeeded. You know, that's the cool part too, is watching the success of it. Who knows what next crazy thing's gonna pop into either one of their minds. You know, it's it's always cool to watch. It's always cool to listen to, see, see the progression. So I, I don't necessarily have a lot of guesses there because I like to be surprised. <laughs> right on, right on. Nick, how about you? Um, it's a hard question to answer. Uh, I want to see it continue to go in, in the the 
pace it's going. And I want to keep having fun with Mike. I want him to keep finding topics that make me look like a moron because that's always a blast. <laughs> and there's a lot of little stupid things that I shouldn't say stupid, but a lot of little simple things I would like to try. I, I'm trying to get Mike on board with my uh, sustainable holiday series I want to do because I think that most of the holidays we celebrate and throughout the year are just absolutely nightmares as far as sustainability goes. Mm-hmm. And I also want to start doing like more stuff with TikTok and YouTube. And I want, I want to do more videos with him. I want to try to get more comedy out there and have a little more fun with it. Because I think that if we can make the stuff relatable and make people laugh, then maybe they'll remember a little more. I tend to remember yeah. things. I remember more things said by stand-up comedians than I do college professors just because I laughed when I heard them. Oh, and you right. can probably quote it word for word. I Actually, very much can. Have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I want to do more stuff like that. But more most importantly, I just want to hang out with my brother and do more stuff with him because it's it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun together. And even when we disagree on things, and this is something that I think is the most valuable thing that I've gotten from the show, period, is that when we disagree on things, and not only are we different people, Mike is 10 years older than me, and he has a more mature way of looking at most things. So he can see my point. And then kind of bring it to his level and allow me to see his. That is something that I can't put a price on. It's 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 almost to a point where it's, I look at it as something that's intangible. Like you just have to really experience it. You have to be open-minded enough and trust someone enough to really look at their perspective without just thinking you're right all the time. And I'm pretty arrogant. I think I'm right a lot. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I love it. I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I'm, I'm more of the same. I'm, I'm going to try to guide the guide the plane to a gentle landing until we get Mike back. But uh, for me personally, it's, it's just been incredible to see and to hear this thing from its early inception to where it is now. It's been a real privilege and an honor to be a part of it. Like I love being able to sit back and record with you guys. I make fun of it all the time, but I I enjoy getting Mike riled up because I like to see somebody who is as passionate about something as he is about sustainability. Honestly, if if it weren't for him, I I maybe would have never made the changes that that I've made in there little changes but they all add up I, I would have never even thought to start changing how i look at things i went out to to visit them a, a couple of weeks ago and quite literally picked a piece of lettuce <laughs> fresh from the ground and ate it like out on the street trucks driving by and everything i would have never done that i would have never <laughs> i would have never felt comfortable doing that it's, it's awesome to be able to experience the things that he is so passionate about and also very disarming about them, too. Like, no, it's 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 OK. This is a normal. This is a natural thing. All of these things come from the earth. This is how we protect it. This is how we make these changes so that we can enjoy these things that much longer. I completely agree with everything you just said. It's It's been a it's been an absolute blasty blast. So, oh. We lost. We're down. We're down to two. Are we ah. slowly getting killed off one by one? What's, <laughs> I hope what's not. happening here? I guess. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and wrap up then, just so that we can get. Hey, there hey. she is. I think our internet is on the fritz. <laughs> right on. Cool, cool. I was just gonna say I'll, I'll go ahead and, and wrap up. I know Mike is is probably super bummed or furiously killing his computer right now. I text um, him to come downstairs, but I don't think he'll get down the ladder. Oh, there he is. Hey. <laughs> hey, 
There we go. <laughs> Welcome back. Hey, our internet broke for a second. I see that. <laughs> I figured you were just trying to kick me out. Yeah, it's too much muting you. It's too much awesomeness for your bandwidth. That's all yeah. that's going on here. <laughs> yep. Well, I didn't hear anything anyone said, so I guess I'll hear that during editing. We, yeah, we made we fun of you for 25 minutes. Just, should bear, just buries you completely <laughs> and totally. I will share a very funny moment because uh, you dropped off first. And then, you know, me and Jamie and Nick were talking. And then Jamie dropped out. And me and Nick just went, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's next? What is going on? Um, now that you're back, though, you can answer the question that I just asked, which is where do you see greening your life? and or realistic sustainability in the next year? It's going to be wherever anybody takes it. We're going to keep doing what we do. We want to continue to do the shows. We want to continue. I'm not going to write another book. That was hard. Uh, <laughs> that was really, oh, really challenging. But we want to continue the shows. And we're expanding some things a little more. As some people know, Jamie and I are purchasing a building here in town where we can create a educational center. Kids STEM, sustainability factors, all these different things can be taught in this building. So I'm hoping we can expand it a little bit and be able to continue to get more message out there. But honestly, it is already amazing. I'm already excited every morning when I get to see comments and all these things that are popping up. And every once in a while, I get a message that says, hey, I made this change. I saved this much money. Hey, I made this change. I feel so much better. I don't know if there is some place to go from here. We're, we're really quite happy with all the things that are happening right now. I'm just humbled that even where anybody listens to us, you know, where when I log in, it's like 40 countries somewhere. Our voice right now is in another country. And that to me is just mind blowing. All I can say is thank you to everyone. And I probably say it far too often, but it's never enough. Because mm -hmm. it quite often kind of fills my soul every day when we're working on this project, and it, things make it worth it. Yeah, that and that's that's awesome. It's it's been again, it's it's just been an absolute treat watching this thing grow from early beginnings to where it is now, and then to to where it's gonna go. Um, I have complete and total confidence and faith in you guys that that you will take it into the stratosphere and, and maybe even beyond. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing it. So on that note, I would like to thank each and every person that checked this out tonight. I want to thank the people who dropped the comments, Aaron and Amanda Panda. Jamie, thank you so very much for being co-MC. Mike and Nick, you guys have a great thing going here and, and I wish you both nothing but continued ginormous success. So that's that's going to be it. That's going to be it for tonight's show. Um, Mike, you want to send the people home with some closing thoughts before we throw the socials out there? It's always the same closing thoughts. Little bit, little bit, big bit. I appreciate anybody who watches this uh, and listens to the show. But if you're just trying to get better, you will be better. You will always get better just from the fact that you're thinking about it. Thank you. I still can't believe it's been a year. I hope we can do this every year at minimum, but it looks like we still have some tech things to figure out. But really, the all I want to say is thank you. I wish I could say it better than that. Fantastic. 
Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. This has been the one-year anniversary extravaganza of the Realistic Sustainability Podcast. Make sure you check Make sure you check the show out. It is available pretty much wherever you can get your podcast. You just throw Realistic Sustainability into the search bar. It will pop up. Beautiful green microphone leaf logo. Click listen. I promise and guarantee that you will learn something. On the socials, you can catch Mike via at MNAS2001, at Nazarian underscore Nick, and of course, Realistic Sustain One. That's S-U-S-T-A and the number one. Those are all on Twitter. And uh, Jamie, are, are you on the socials at all? I, I don't see your socials anywhere. Ah, we uh, lost them again. Yeah, it looks like we did. Yeah. All right, well. On behalf of the frozen, the the, <laughs> the recently departed, I am Rob, aka at Robbie Diesel, on the tweets, on the Instagrams, on the Snapchats, on the everything TikToks. Nick, you're on TikTok as well. I Thank am. you guys so very much for tuning in. Catch everybody later. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That Ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org. E-T-H-Y-K.org.